Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. What does Q stand for? It's totally an unknowable mystery. No, it's not. It's questions. Questions of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I don't like mysteries because I can't often figure them out, but I know what questions is, so we've got it. We're here. Hey. It's great to have the definitive answer to something be questions, which is... 
one of the uh, least definitive words. It means questions. Anyway, we're happy to be here. The Q's are questions. The A's are mostly answers. Uh, but we don't want to have an episode uh, called A's of the Force. But we do have a lot of A's, including Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this episode, we are recommending one of my personal favorite Star Wars books and a great way to experience uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser which, in my opinion, is sadly no longer with us. Uh, I guess it's not an opinion that it's not going to be with us. It's my opinion that it's sad. Anyway, this is the greatest book promotion I've ever done. I'm promoting The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. We have another A. It's Asks, Ken I want to challenge you to see if you can mangle your A as badly as I mangled my A. Look, I consider myself a professional broadcaster who started as radio career in the 90s. I still don't know how to get words out of my mouth easily. <laughs> all right. It, it isn't about all that there. Uh, all right. But here, our current ask, uh, we are asking you to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center. Just head over there. Consider checking out. Uh, consider supporting us uh, and uh, consider helping us reach our goals. Our current goal right now is $2,200 a month. We hit that goal. Uh, we will do another Star Wars ranked live live stream exclusive for patrons and release it to the public later like we did with our favorite sequel trilogy scenes um so all this helps uh, keep uh, well I, you see i mangled it there i always have a tennis because of radio <laughs> help us keep the lights on force center ain't going anywhere i don't want to i don't want anyone have the idea that we we need this to keep going it's in our hearts forever but to help us grow to help some operational costs and just uh help us reach these goals this really helps us and it has for years and we appreciate your support here and one of the things you all made possible was the reimagined jedi beat the youtube edition jennifer landa is putting together at least five who knows what will happen in the future but five episodes of her old show there was happy beefs there was jedi beef she's taking uh, jedi beef she's taking some of her favorites putting together so excited. She's already like, oh, I'm recording new audio and new images or stuff going <laughs> on, on NPR, kind of Star Wars programming on our YouTube channel. That begins Monday, July 17th uh, for a run of a total of five weeks. And that's all because of your support at patreon.com slash four center. There you go. 20% mangled. 80% kind of got my point across. <laughs> I think you did a great job. Uh, I think we are going to do our best to not mangle uh, our Q's and our A's as we go forward. We're going to get into our questions. We have two from Patreon, a one from Twitter, and a Power of the Light Side segment. Uh, we got some great stuff, so let's dive into it. This comes to us from uh, patron Pete H. Uh, Pete says, Hi, Joseph and Ken. I recently saw a theory surrounding Padme's death in a larger role for Palpatine. It suggests the reason for her death being Palpatine draining her remaining life force and using it to keep Vader alive following his injuries uh, slash defeat. Padme's death, for reasons we can't explain, in quotes, has never really bothered me that much, but I know it is a struggle point for others, says Pete. What do you guys think of this theory, and does it work for your head cannon? We don't see Palpatine in the room with Vader until the suit-up is complete. Could he have been off in another area performing a ritual to pull this off, or is this too far a reach to believe? Anakin is very strong in the Force, but between losing three limbs and burning in lava, I don't think we give enough thought to how close to death he himself is in this moment. 
The force healing, force transfer we see in Rise of Skywalker is between Ben and Rey right next to each other and with them making that choice for themselves. Uh, Here, Padme and Anakin are so far apart with the ultimate decision in someone else's hands. With all of Palpatine's evil and contingencies and experimentation, I feel he would be the one to pull this off. It all checks out for Palpatine as a master manipulator and lays some groundwork for his eventual Rise of Skywalker return. Vader's line of, she was alive, I felt it, also plays different when you think of Palpatine being responsible for Padme's death and then blaming Vader for it to feed into his growing anger. Thanks for reading through my long-winded question. Thank you for creating such a great place to discuss and celebrate Star Wars. Thank you for the question, Pete. Uh, This is something we've definitely uh, discussed before, but this is one of those, uh, as Pete said, just recently discovered it. Uh, There's a little bit of moss growing on this theory. It's been around for a while, so I think it's really great uh, to come back around to it. And Pete has some great uh, sort of additions, wrinkles to this. And I want to start there, Ken. Um, Mm -hmm. Pete's great point about uh, we don't, as fans, discuss that often. We certainly haven't discussed much on Force Center. The fact that Anakin is is possibly close to death, and when she arrives, uh, touches the forehead, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that is there a world in your imagination where she gets there ten minutes later, and that's it? How do you feel about the idea of Anakin truly being close to death? I, I'm I've. 100% behind it and uh, that part of, of what you're talking about here I, I do believe he was there I mean just you know on the surface look what he went through <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's in good shape in many ways and yes uh, Palpatine's soft sweet caring touch of his head uh, uh, you know the softer side of Palpy uh, yeah no I, I think um, uh, you know and I, I don't question you know if Palpatine showed up when he needed to show up uh, I, I don't question um you know, it's not a plot hole or something that like, what if he had showed up later and he was dead? I, I, it happened and it happened for a reason. But uh, I, uh, I absolutely feel that uh, in a way, Anakin um, was almost clinically dead in a, in a way for me. And, and that's part of why I even think Obi-Wan now, now that we have this this answer of like he thought he was dead, like Obi-Wan walks away thinking I ain't feeling nothing but anger, hate and death coming from that form there. So I'm walking away. Uh, for a lot of reasons, it's a big Obi Wan uh, discussion happened. But anyways, yeah. So the head touch, yeah, it was needed. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I really, I really do like that thought of uh, the the reason that Palpatine feels a disturbance in the Force and is aware that mm-hmm. Lord Vader is in danger is because he is truly in in danger. Uh, yeah. That, and we know, we know the story is he needs the suit uh, to live. So mm-hmm. got to get in that suit. So I just, I do like thinking of it that way. It, it, I think it adds even more to this uh, idea of the great line in, in Return of the Jedi when Palpatine says to Luke, uh, you like your father are now mine. This mm-hmm. idea of he's got to go rescue his damaged prize of like <laughs> yeah. the the most brutal, awful version of the five second rule of like, it's still good. It's still good. I can still, <laughs> <laughs> I can still fix this prize. Well, I, I, too, uh, you know, um, this may be a little bit jokey, but like, yeah, yeah, that great, you know, you like your father are now mine. You, you love that. I love that. Floaty loves that. a lot of people. That's a great moment for it's a frightening moment. Um, but I love that. This is almost Palpatine going to pick up his layaway that he finally, oh, I can finally pick it up. It's ready. <laughs> really, it is. It's like you you ordered a great Anakin Skywalker action figure and it just becomes comes absolutely pummeled in the package and like, yeah, mm, mm, yeah. I can still fix it. 
I can yeah. still fix it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, having a little bit of fun because we're heading into some darkness. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get into then the heart of this theory. I've read about it in the past. I think I've read very detailed um, opinions of the, listening to the sound cues and the heartbeats and mm-hmm. when uh, things begin and stop and where's Palpatine and uh, I think reading, reading like uh, eye looks and going into a lot of detail. I have not refreshed myself on the sort of the the real deep nuts and bolts of, of mm-hmm. people who are into this theory. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I have I have some relatively strong opinions about the theory. Uh, where mm-hmm. do you go, Ken? Uh, first of all, I, 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 Pete, this is a great question. I, and I, my first note was, ah, the Palpy theory. And I love when it kind of reemerges <laughs> or people discover it. And uh, I don't know, Pete, Pete could be a younger fan. Could, Pete could be an older fan. doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's like when uh, suddenly people go, wait, the mom from Schitt's Creek is also in Home Alone? Yeah, like, yeah. And SCD, <laughs> I love that. And that's how this this works and how it keeps the love of, of, of Star Wars going when he's, hey, did you heard? Yeah, I've heard. But what do you think about it? It's a great way to talk about it. So uh, here's where I'll start first, Joseph. I, I hope it's not a long preamble here but i start with the, the padme death of it all uh complicated for a lot of r- reasons um and you know padme's death does bother me in a sense that it, it does feel a little complete in- incomplete uh, her role in the f- third film i my words was seemed to be diminished and i would say live has to do with george really deciding we need to focus in on anakin and a lot of her story might have been clearly tied up with anakin but also with uh, the, the the burgeoning rebellion, if you will, mm-hmm. all kind of things, the delegation of two thousand, all that stuff, kind of, kind of did get cut. So it, it leads uh, us to where we are, and a lot of people have, um, a lot of people, you know, then, now, and probably forever, upset at at uh, at how uh, Padme went out. Not necessarily the fact that she died, but that just just kind of seemed this like shrug she's gone and, and you've brought up some great points of hey we can't exactly you know take every word that the droid says at face value it's it's almost given an opinion here <laughs> um, but for this and so with all due respect to you know padme fans who maybe want a little bit more need a little bit more because i'm with you too this death does bother me in a sense but I, I i do play the game and i played it this morning of of um well then, what would I have wanted? And I, I, I did this mm. uh, uh, more powerfully with, with, with the, or, or equally as powerfully, I should say, uh, with Luke and the Last Jedi. I didn't come out of my first screening going, "That was that's exactly what I wanted." I, I had to wrestle with it, and 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 it was like, well, okay, then what, what's the replacement for that? This this death of peace and purpose. What would I wanted in its place? Uh, Luke with lightsaber ignited on on a flaming X wing, and Kylo cuts him in two, like, or he flies into a walker and explodes. What would I have wanted? And I, I ended up working back to what we got, and, and that ends up working for me. So in that vein, uh, you know, look, Padme has to have the kids. Uh, I, 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 that, that's part of it. I don't want her cut down. I don't want her to die because of physical injuries. Um, I've said before, I've admitted to this back in 2005. I was like, I don't know. Maybe she should have been a little more roughed up. That's horrible. I don't want to see that on screen. No one needs to see that on screen. Uh, and, and even if, you know, it's already pretty brutal. So I don't want that. Uh, I'm good with her being alive for a while to more directly meet the the words of Leia and Return of the Jedi. But then, from my point of view, at least now in this conversation, then Padme slowly dies of a broken heart. And it's almost the same thing here. Um, but maybe I would have loved to have seen her become a secret leader in the Rising Rebellion. Of course. Um, but I also then that, that triggers Vader slash Anakin and Palpatine feeling her presence a little bit more. And maybe they'd have to directly deal with it. So I, I, I go back to what we got. And I can accept it even a little bit more, even though it's not necessarily my favorite beat and how it was handled. So that's where I start with it. And I, I'll hand over the talking bit, bit, the time, but I'll say this. As far as the theory, 
the theory of Palpatine, it, it really works. It tracks and everything Pete's suggesting, a secret ceremony off to the side or that this is part of something, even if it wasn't about Padme, but this is something that, that Palpatine was researching for a lot of reasons, including some that lead him to Exegol down the line. Yeah, that, that all tracks. It's like a good any good conspiracy theory. If you'd spend enough time with it, you will think the moon is made of cheese and Kubrick has a production office up there. Like you can follow, <laughs> you know, if you get into it. I, I, I always say I love hearing every conspiracy theory you got. I don't believe most of them. Uh, or I don't believe all of it, you know, but it's, it's, it can be a little fun. It can be dangerous fun. Um, so this is, I think, one of the better and, and, and obviously more popular theories. And it's even kind of like you're saying, it's played out visually in a lot of ways. I have some thoughts on that and the realities, a little myth busting with it. But I will finally concede the floor to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should say, I think, I, I understand why people go for it. I am not in entirely convinced that there is that much evidence for it in the film mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so some like the the sound effect stuff to me it's it that it's about what is going on in in the film it is clearly the the tragedy and the irony that uh anakin becomes vader and padme dies at the same time that that mm -hmm. uh that the the birth of vader and the birth of the children are happening at the same time so the 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 way the scenes are cut together the overlapping of the sound effects uh, i think is all in in support of that i don't know for myself if there's a ton visually in the film that that is, is clues um but we'll get into that a little bit deeper uh because i want to join you in the preamble and the caveats yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh that i that i mostly really uh agree with you i think it what happens to padme to me is left up open for interpretation um mm. i i do i do struggle with it um i often like beats that are left open for interpretation mm -hmm. but padme's importance to this story makes me want a little bit more clarity mm -hmm. and the fact that she does have the reduced role in revenge of the sith that makes it makes it feel sometimes uh, like uh, I, I would have liked her to be celebrated a little bit more mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. her in her final moment. And perhaps clarity would have helped with that. And I I totally um, I understand the desire to focus in on Anakin. I personally wish the um, the, the cut building of the rebellion stuff had been uh, included because I think the film it, it, it uh, becomes it's uh, a lot of the shaping that Lucas did. Uh, with the reshoots and in editing to put the focus on Anakin and the clarity of why he's doing this is all great. But, but the story of the prequels is, is Anakin's fall, but it's also the Republic's fall. And I think yeah. those Padme scenes help tell that. Um, so that, that's the Padme of it all. I really agree with you. Um, I think the droid is just wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, I just, uh, nice stab in the dark, uh, medical analysis droid. But um, <laughs> the meme often becomes she died of a broken heart. Uh, mm -hmm. in here's the actual dialogue. The droid says, medically, she is completely healthy for reasons we can't explain. We are losing her. Oh, we want, she's dying. Um, the droid, we don't know why she has lost the will to live. We need to operate quickly. If we are to save the babies, babies says Bail Organa, but not with that line reading, uh, she's carrying <laughs> twins, <laughs> babies. Um, so the, <laughs> the droid first says like, well, we don't know why we're losing here, losing her, but here's an, utterly random on scientific opinion <laughs> mm -hmm. she has lost the will to live you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't if a if a non-droid doctor if a real human doctor is like we don't we don't know but here's a 
Here's a guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. I would treat it as a guess. Um, mm. So, so I, the, I, I never, I don't take the droid at entire face value. Um, yeah. Question that. Um, so then, that those are my preambles. <laughs> now we can get into the the theory itself. Um, like I was saying, like I I don't think personally there's a ton of evidence in the film to support this theory. Mm-hmm. But I do think the theory makes a ton of sense. Um, I think it particularly is heightened by the, some of the things that we see Palpatine do in the Clone Wars and Rebels that we know that he's got a, yeah. a little bit more sort of um, almost uh, uh, ancient uh, wizard in fantasy with, uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a pot of... <laughs> <laughs> stews and blood and herbs uh that he's you know that he uses to kind of uh manipulate yoda on uh on moraban he, he's he's doing some chanting and some <laughs> some uh warlock brew making uh is going on with the uh with the attempting to attack ezra in, in ahsoka in the world between worlds right so he's got a cauldron uh that's that's canon you know give me a tale of newt yes <laughs> yes i need a tale of womp rat uh, mm-hmm. one of dexter jester's arms um to stir with <laughs> uh, so that that kind of element, that side of of him has been added. I think Rise of Skywalker playing, uh, uh, like Pete says, with the idea of the the Force heal and the Force steel, and this idea that that energy is something that can be uh, transferable. The the fact that uh, that uh, Palpatine did throw his spirit and Luke projects his spirit to Crate. Uh, I think that there's a lot in the canon that has come since Rise of Skywalker that doesn't make this like an out there theory. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. The the and and as always, if you love this theory and you think it makes perfect sense and you can find evidence in the text, all respect. I'm just sharing my opinion. I'm not saying anybody else is wrong. I'm mm-hmm. sharing my opinion. I think if that was the idea, if the idea was not only did Palpatine manipulate Anakin into making destructive choices for himself that didn't actually get Anakin what what, what he wanted, but actually got Palpatine what he wanted. If the the idea of the story was to extend that even to to Padme's death, mm-hmm. I, I really think that Lucas could have or should have made that clear. Mm-hmm. Because while it makes sense to me as total off screen headcanon, I just don't see a ton of evidence for mm-hmm. Palpatine being personally responsible in the text of the film. Um, yeah. I yeah. got some other thoughts, but I want to pitch it back to you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, uh, so I did a little bit of uh, old uh, Google box searching this morning on, on you know, George Lucas on Padme's death. And there's some channels that pop up that I don't really take a, a dive into or swing through, but there's some uh, shorts uh, that were up and I watched it. And it's, you know, by the way, I, I, I think it's always, it's not always fun and it's not always fair to go go to the, well, George said. Uh, that's <laughs> that, that takes away a lot of fun out of all of this. But to some of it, I, I think some, some of it... Um, some of the theory stuff, and again, we always want to make sure, Pete, this, we're not saying this is you, but there are some people who are like, like you're saying, oh no, this is that, and, and, and the heartbeats and all those kind of things. There's a clip from George going, yeah, the, the, it was separate. The, her death and, and Vader being built and, and Anakin's death kind of in a way were, were not intertwined. They were back to back. And then in the edit, George thought, wow, what about this? 
Um, and, and, and I'm not here to put, that's not, I don't want to put water on your campfire, but it, it, (laughs) but that just shows that if, if George thought the whole point was Palpatine was doing this, I do think he would have said something a little bit more direct about it. Right. Cause he's been Mm -hmm. pretty direct. Uh, you know, even, you know, there's a lot, I love the meme that goes around. There's the great shot of, of Qui-Gon's funeral of, 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 of Obi-Wan and Padme standing between uh, Palpatine and Anakin. And then there's the one at the end of Revenge of the Sith and they're gone and, He's there and Vader's there, right? That, that's that's mm-hmm. to me intentional from George. That's part of the story. But I so so yeah, not to just be a a, a Debbie Downer here, but yeah, I, I just don't think that's why I don't think it's in the text. It's fun. It, it does make some sense, um, and it also makes sense because there is a little bit of a, a disappointment around how the death of, of, of Padme was handled, or as you're saying, even just Padme in the third film uh, mm-hmm. not having as much as as I think should be there, and much as as we want. Uh, without a doubt. Um, so yeah, that's where I go to on that there of just like, no, nah, this, this was something that in the editing, you, you, you tell the story again, and this is the story. Oh, this, this is beautiful. It's haunting and it's dark. Uh, it's sad. Uh, mm-hmm. I say beautiful is that, 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 that tragedy kind of way that, that mm-hmm. Vader, that Vader helmet shot is one of my favorite shots in star Wars and I'm not alone there. Yep. And it's a tragedy, but it's beautiful at the same time. So I think that's where that emerges too, which is why, uh, if I were, if we we're in a bar arguing with someone who's like, no, this theory is hundred percent true. I would go to the George shift on my car, the shift into the George gear to say, <laughs> no, 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 probably not there. Probably not. Yeah. There. I think f- for myself, you just nailed the, the biggest reason that I am entertained by this headcanon, this theory, but I don't personally pr- uh, prescribe to it. Mm-hmm. And that is, the horrible, horrible beauty of it, the sadness of it, the tragedy of it. I think Palpatine being in another room with the cauldron and and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Womp Rat Tail, um, I think it takes away from Anakin's responsibility. I think this is a tragedy. And by editing these these moments of death and rebirth together, Padme's death, the birth of the twins, Anakin's death, uh, symbolic death, the birth of, of Vader, even though they are the same person. Uh, I think by putting them together, we are heightening Anakin's tragedy. This is classic tragedy of all kinds, but Shakespearean in particular, uh, Macbeth in particular, fearing something and in your, your absolute fear of it act, actually causing it to happen. Mm. Um, Anakin does all of this to prevent Padme's death, but he causes it. Uh, and I think having Palpatine be directly involved in taking Palpatine's life energy and giving it mm-hmm. to Anakin Vader, I can see the argument of like, yes, but Anakin siding with Palpatine and getting in the fight with Obi-Wan is what allowed Palpatine to do that. So I, I could definitely see people's argument there. But for me, it's that Anakin couldn't, uh, reckon with even the possibility of losing someone he loved so he betrayed the person that he loved and betrayed their wishes um, and that is the tragedy and, and I, don't, I don't need Palpatine in the middle of it Anakin made this bad choice mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's what's beautiful about Beautiful and horrible. Uh, <laughs> we keep using beautiful in the tragedy ways, but it, it, beautiful is a piece of art the way uh, these moments are edited together. Of If you love a person, you must respect them. Uh, you must respect what they want. This is the tragedy of what you'll, you'll do to a, a, a person if 
your love curdles from true love of them to possession, to fear of what will happen to me if I lose this person. Yeah, this is uh, not to, to to stand on a, on a soapbox here, but this is the the importance of the why of it, right? When we mm-hmm. analyze things from the why angle first versus, say, lore or just the little details. All of it's fun. All of it's why we're here, but why sometimes I think we lean strongly to the why of like, what does this mean? And what, what do you pull out of here? And I love your point of, of if Palpatine has this, if this is on his, uh, the back of his baseball card here, the stat that he got, this, this win, uh, then, 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 then Anakin always can always say, well, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't like that angle of it. The other angle I put down in my notes here, and I, I'm curious, to, it's, it's almost the other side of the coin of, you know, I think Palpatine would absolutely have killed Padme. And I, it sounds oh, yeah. harsh and direct. He absolutely would have killed her had he got the chance at the right time, because I think he obviously needed her to be there for a while to, to, for her and Anakin to, to form a connection. Uh, and I think he would have done something like this theory, right? A little uh, cauldron. I think, you know, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. if he doesn't do it just in a straight up assassin, right? Or hire, uh, hire someone to do it. But I, I, ju- I just don't want to give him the credit. You know, if, if Padme's soul collapsed like like a parent or a spouse passing shortly after a child or partner, we see a lot of examples in real life over that time and time again. Um, then that's something that Palpatine could not do. We we know there's a long term rivalry rivalry between Palpatine and Padme, going to Phantom Menace and beyond. That's one of the things you and I love breaking down those moments where Palpatine's looking out of his window, going, "Oh, Amidala got me again," and, <laughs> and that translates into the, the Princess of Alderaan and her daughter doing the same thing for Palpatine. Mm-hmm. But to me, uh, I don't want to give him the credit. I don't think he did this, and I, he could only spin it. Much like he does. Anytime he, his great plans go awry, he spins it. And he spins this one in the best way possible. But that it was not something, um, even if he wanted to do, not something that he actually did. He could not, he could not pull this off. He could only use it for his, uh, his plan with Anakin. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, this is a great opportunity that fell in his, in his lap. I know there's kind of the, the timing issues of, you know, ex- how much time has elapsed? How did he get the hollow news alert? Did he, you know that Padme was dead. I think we've tackled that question before, you know, put that one to the side. Yeah. The, the report goes out that she died as a cover story. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not a cover story. She died, (laughs) Uh, but uh, covering the cover up of the twins, they're going to be proactive about that. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a gift for him to say, Oh, in your anger, you killed her because if, if she doesn't die, he can't have her around the same way he can't have Vader chasing after Obi-Wan, uh, mm-hmm. but but to a much greater degree of like, he did all this for, for Padme, but now he has to lose her because there's a chance she could get through to him. So that that's not mm-hmm. uh, that's not going to be <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he's not going to allow that. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, going to that question of, well, how did she die then? Um, you know, as dark and brutal as it is, I. I do believe that I know the medical droid says medically she's fine, but she does get force choked mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. into unconsciousness uh, while pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the medical droids not entirely correct. Uh, but the most important to me, and, and this is uh, total headcanon too, is just this idea that I'm not saying they're a dyad in the force, Anakin and, and Padme, but I do like the idea that they just had some sort of deep bond in the force uh, and this, mm-hmm. you take that romantic star crossed lovers. We were, we, we weren't, we weren't supposed to be married. There's all these societal reasons that we weren't 
supposed to fall in love, but we did fall in love and we are tied together in the, the melodrama of, of their romance of, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've been dying a little bit each day since I met you, you're going down a path. I can't follow this mm-hmm. idea that they are literally tied together and cannot live without one another. The, the idea that Anakin's death, you, you know, symbolic death of his, of his choice to give in to hate and rage and, and be a monster in her name wounded Padme on some spiritual esoteric force level. Um, that to me isn't like ah, a concrete answer that I can read in a visual dictionary, right, but right. spiritually, emotionally, the why of it, that's what resonates with, with me that they were tied together in a deep way. And he's betrayed that connection to the point of, uh, w- of wounding her on this deep spiritual level. Yeah, you said something there. Uh, um, I couldn't scribble down the quote fast enough there, but just <laughs> the, the, the you know him doing this in her name is a is a particularly sharp sword to her heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's 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 brutal. Yeah, it's like yeah, I, I, I'm going to end this war, and I, it's going to be our new empire, and just, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want any of this. I don't I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even want to believe you changed. Um, so that's headcanon for me. I also just like on on a spiritual force level that that she needed to give her spirit and her energy to the kids, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like what you asked a great question, like, well, what would I wanted to happen? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll accept this and analyze it and, and have fun discussing it. But I wouldn't have minded if it was really like she, she needs to give her life energy to the kids, because that's mm-hmm. what I think about when I watch the scene um, yeah. that the the Anakin to Vader death and rebirth is awful and the Padme dying so that the light can continue so that the children can continue so that there can be new life a next generation that is the um more hopeful side of these twin death and rebirth and I like the idea that that's Padme that's who Padme was uh mm-hmm. that she found a way to continue hope that she found a way to continue to fight. She found a way to continue to care for others. She found a way to put her belief into action that there is still good in him uh, by putting all of that into her children who are the ones who, who help save the galaxy and help turn Anakin back that that's still Padme's will in action. Yeah. And then they embody uh, so much of Padme's legacy, which is an mm-hmm. important part of the equation. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm not, I'm not uh, being a hypocrite here and saying there's, a, I, I can't point to evidence in the film for that. That's my head mm-hmm. canon, <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe other people can say, hey, I think this shot supports that or whatever. But for me, it is about head canon because I think this moment is is very undefined in the film. Yeah, yeah, at at, at times frustratingly so, and other times uh, in keeping line with art itself. But yes, uh, I'm with you on that. And uh, great stuff, Pete. Look at you got us thinking. You got yeah. us talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've talked about this one before. Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, no, uh, no, other than I think I might be watching Revenge of the Sith over lunch today. <laughs> uh, I'll say for this one, you know, our standard caveat of it, as always, we're saying our opinions. I sometimes feel pulled to mention that when we're talking about something that 
that could be sensitive. I think this is Padme is an important character to a lot of people. This is an important part of the story. And I think uh, this can be uh, one of those moments in Star Wars that maybe affects people on a deeper level. So I just really want to reiterate that we're sharing our opinions and our takes and uh, not uh, saying that anybody else shouldn't have theirs. Uh, all right, with that, we're going to move on to our next uh, question from Chris Caldwell. Chris says, do you guys have any thoughts on the Dark Jedi in the upcoming Ahsoka series possibly being from a time in the past? Uh, maybe came to the world between worlds, their armor, lightsabers, and trinkets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give me a vibe from the past. Uh, I like the turn of phrase trinkets because they did. I, I rewatched the that trailer and mm-hmm. they got they got some trinkets going on. They got some they do some pauldrons. They got some old timey nighty stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll start this one obviously mm-hmm. with um, uh, this is going to be this is going to be hard because this this is one of the great mysteries of the Ahsoka show that I think. We're all really excited to speculate responsibly about. We're all really excited to find the answer. Um, and it's it's really sad that the actor Ray Stevenson passed away. So we we do our speculation with all due respect to uh, the tragedy that the actor bringing this intriguing uh, character, uh, Balin, to life is uh, no longer with us. So yeah. uh, once again, rest in peace to Ray Stevenson. Uh, what are your thoughts? Where do you go with this one, Ken? Uh, so uh, uh, here's my first note. I'm aboard with something around this. There you go. End of story. See you at the show. No, um, <laughs> I love it. Love the trinkets there. Uh, you just find, I actually put that too. I, I love that you said that the the design of Balon skull in, in particular is, is is a very black knight on a dark crusade vibe to me. Mm. I really yeah. like what we got going on there. And so yeah, Chris, I I, I can I can uh, get behind this idea. Um, we'll analyze uh, a little bit more here, but I love the quote that's all through the trailer. This is a new beginning for some war, for others' power. So, hey, I think he, no matter where he's from, he sees an opportunity. Yep, we're in need. Um, I, I I was uh, watching, uh, honestly, just to, to commemorate the man, some of the interviews that Ray Stevenson did, in, including, um, I believe, one on the... Uh, the public stage for a uh, Star Wars celebration. Mm, yeah. um, and uh, totally agree with Chris that, that uh, Balin's armor does look older. There's a sort of slight cross guard energy to his hilt that brings a little bit of a, uh, not the energy shooting out of it that we've seen, but it brings a little bit more of that uh, connection uh, to uh, a- actual uh, medieval knights and all of our pop culture storytelling about medieval knights. He is, is, his look is aligned with that. But in this interview, uh, Ray Stevenson described Balin as uh, Arthurian, um, mm-hmm. very much connected to what, what you're talking about, Ken, of, of this idea of a, a knight on a mission, a knight on a, on a crusade. So I think it's all there aesthetically, which if that is the truth, if it is that uh, he is the Star Wars version of an Arthurian knight who thinks they have a good cause, but is willing to go around <laughs> slaughtering people for it. Uh, that leads us to that fun debate uh, that I think uh, is being asked by Chris of who is he? Where did he come from? Uh, that he's, that he's a dark knight on a crusade. Where do you go with that? I, look, I, I, I think if there's uh, I'm trying, you know, always try to ask the why, right? So, so if, if he, if, if Balin's goal, at least, I don't know, misuse the world between worlds. It, it could work for me. Meaning like, and this is just based around conversations I've, I've not even been a part of, but just observed 
in bars and break rooms about the world between worlds. You and I have discussed it here uh, with Jennifer on the channel. Of It's not just simply a time travel device. It's not just a you can go reset the Star Wars story. It's There's a lot behind it, as we know, and dig, dig into it in Rebels if you want. Uh, but if he misused it, almost like if he's one of those people who like saw the world between worlds and was like, oh, this is what it is, right? It, it allows me to move forward, change things, uh, to hold on to things and not let go. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, and if that's the case and, and this is a chance to for him to, in his own mind, to rewrite uh, his perceived failures of the Jedi, if that's where he comes from, or even the, his perceived failures of the Sith, if that's where he comes from, or if he's some somewhere in between. And, and maybe there's just some other way forward that isn't necessarily the world between worlds um, mm-hmm. tied to it. Uh, you know, there's a lot we, you and I have been discussing. There's a lot of things in Clone Wars, a lot of things in Rebels that are, uh, I can't be fully explained. And that's part of, uh, you know, uh, what Dave seems to be interested in because George definitely was interested in that <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, going to the George gear again on the car. Uh, so that's, that's where I start with it there. Uh, um, I'm also, I'll say this. I'm also interested in exploring the idea of, 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 of him and, and his, um, what we believe it might be his apprentice being from some other part of the galaxy, but, but present. Yeah. And if, Thrawn sees his chance, they see their own. Uh, and that could be a weird, fun mix. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I I think there's going to be something with Mortis world between worlds type space because that definitely seems like an environment that Balin and Ahsoka are in when we see them phase off in, in the trailer. Maybe yeah. that's a vision, who knows? Um, but it seems like a place where Filoni might want to explore those kind of liminal spaces uh, mm-hmm. that exist in Star Wars. I do think that uh, Filoni probably wants to stay away from anything that's going to encourage seeing world between worlds as as time travel. Yeah. Um, I've certainly described it that way before mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like on a technical level, that is what happens with Ahsoka. She, she you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Her, her timeline at least intersects with Ezra's timeline on a different part of the timeline. Yeah. Um, so I could, and I think, and for me, there's fascinating... Uh, discussions always in stories of time travel of when are you telling a story about time travel that changes something versus time travel that has always meant to be or Mm -hmm. in things like uh like you know the very first terminator of uh sorry for the spoilers for a film from the early 80s but uh this is how this kid existed anyway we never have existed without the time travel that's time travel that is as it that has always been a part of the timeline but also traveling back in time does change things so uh there's always that fun game with time travel but um there's a some quote that's been tiktokified uh going around from feloni a lot of of him being quite clear about the idea of the world between worlds is it is a it is a place where all time intersects Mm -hmm. um which a villain like palpatine can read that as time travel of like ah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can go back and not only conquer the entire galaxy, I can conquer time. I can be, I can make it so that, you know, when the first Porg crawled out of the ocean <laughs> on yeah. Octo yeah. Uh, 80 billion years ago, I'm its boss. I, this can be time travel. I, for me, that I like the idea that Palpatine would see it that way. Uh, but the way our, our heroes interact with it is, it is about a, a reflection of, of how they interact with loss and accepting mm-hmm. loss. Uh, and that Ahsoka it does, does try to put herself back to where she needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. And it is not a violation of, of, of the laws. So I think, you know, given that quote from Filoni, I think that 
he's definitely going to be playing around with things like the world between worlds, but I, I don't know about uh, using it as any sort of like, mm-hmm. um, this is where they stumbled out of a portal from long ago times. I, I'd be fascinated to be uh, incorrect. Uh, yeah. That would be really interesting, but yeah, 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 yeah. Cause yeah. Cause even then, you know, I think you agree. It's like, it wouldn't necessarily be a stumbling out. That, that'd be a fun scene. Where are we? Uh, you know, Where's what Jedi Prime? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jedi Prime? I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. We're not on Octo anymore. But yeah, the uh, the idea of, um, again, like we're saying, but like, like uh, you know, if, ba- if Balon Skull misreads this just as I think some people in the fandom might, you know, and he could represent that. Oh, look at this wonderful thing to use like X, Y, and Z. And like, that ain't the reason, but then he could explore that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I really like what Chris is saying of, of uh, reading him as a as a dark Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a you know be, because the you got the lightsabers that are on the red to orange spectrum. <laughs> yes, yes, it was made clear this, to us in our hotel rooms in London. Yeah. The slightly orangey red or the slightly uh, ready orange. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, I, I think a, a lot of our initial discussion, like right away at. Um, Star Wars can, uh, celebration with other people was how do they fit into sort of the Sith timeline? But it's it's mm-hmm. really interesting to think of how do they uh, exist in the uh, how do they interact with the Jedi timeline? Mm-hmm. So a, a couple of things that are of interest to me would be uh, we've got this great thing that's been set up in the publishing side in comics. I don't think it's really been dealt with on screen. The idea of the Bresh vow that mm-hmm. uh, a Jedi who has been having a hard time, maybe making some mistakes takes a little break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, the great story of that's the, the Jedi that, uh, that Vader finds to defeat and mm-hmm. take their Kyber uh, crystal from yeah. uh, who has an annoyingly difficult to memorize name. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I always forget it. Um, Phil, Phil, yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> feel you something feel is you not I and mean, it's maybe that that would be a star wars name but um maybe a cantina drinker there uh but i also so i, I like the idea that he could have come out of a brush vow mm-hmm. um got an apprentice all that thing but i'm really interested in in being a force user a jedi who was in the unknown regions maybe he was you know a 20 year old mm-hmm. uh jedi who went on a, a mission of discovery. Maybe he was a way seeker and he got lost and he's mm-hmm. in the unknown regions and hasn't been able to make his way back. And he comes back to a galaxy utterly changed. Um, mm-hmm. Or I, I'm, I'd be fascinated if we're going to start not that, not like I think they're working together on the storytelling, but you know, we're starting to talk about things like Dawn of the Jedi. Even the last Jedi is getting into things like Jedi prime. Totally feasible to me. The idea that early in their Jedi, in the Jedi days, there were explorers who went off into the unknown regions mm-hmm. uh, in or were Jedi thousands and thousands of years ago, but that sect split off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. grew up differently. That it's not Sith. They are Jedi, but they grew to have different beliefs separated from the, the rest of the Jedi. So it, it could be that he got lost in the unknown regions, you know, recently, mm-hmm. or it could be born, raised out there a part of a different sect of Jedi. That stuff would all be fascinating for me because I think it's an opportunity for Floney to play around with ideas that intersect with mm-hmm. uh, with Ahsoka of we are no longer a part of the main Jedi order. That order doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're still trying to decide what does it mean to be a Jedi? What actions should we take? 
Um, I, I believe mm-hmm. Stevenson, Ray Stevenson also said in interviews that Valen's a character who you, you're going to have some fun playing around with his motivations. And I think mm-hmm. I'm getting the vibe if he is a dark knight on a crusade, that maybe he's going to be the kind of character where, where we're encouraged to go like, we see your point. We see what you're upset about. We see what you're trying to change. Uh, but Hey, you're, you're slaughtering people to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of, uh, you know, great Star Wars storytelling. And all of that gets into the, the uh, challenge to find the, the Jedi philosophy that is the most just. Yeah, yeah, right. Because, because that's God, yeah. Watching that trailer again this morning, that's just that's 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 at the center of a lot of it here. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why you know we, we you and I even on the live show last week talking about you know, you know Rebels two is something that maybe hangs over the show that I think is part of what the ingredients of this show are. But that, that's definitely that trailer still is surprised me in that way of going. Oh, we are dealing with so much more, and 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 if. It's not necessarily that Ahsoka, I mean, clear, I don't think Ahsoka's out here to restart the Jedi Order. Uh, Luke's kind of doing that there, but <laughs> um, she's probably got some thoughts on that. They've clearly spoken about that. She clearly knows he's doing it, uh, but the, 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 the philosophies of the Jedi, the, the, what it is to be a Jedi, that's, that's one of the things that shows up a lot. It's one of the things, you know, you love to, to with Kenobi and what that means and like, mm-hmm. or I think Cal Kessis himself is going through that right now with, with some of the storytelling and, and the video game side of it, of, of uh, you know, what does that title mean and how do we act? And, and so if you got, if you got, I, I love what you're pitching here. And by the way, these are fun, wild predictions that will be mm-hmm. really up base, but that it isn't necessarily time travel, um, that it is uh, someone uh, who was a Jedi, who was out doing something else. And I don't, cause I love order 66 stuff and order 66 lore. I love it. it was, it's a giant event. And I want to, I like when characters are affected by that Jedi and that some died, some ran, some this, that I, 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 I don't mind revisiting that. Um, it's one of those things in Star Wars that, that it's big for a reason, but that he wasn't part of that, that he, the, mm-hmm. he, it's a, a, what happened a what now I left and I come back and the house is on fire. Like, what are you doing here? And that, that would drive, you know, he has views on what it means to be a Jedi that are different that are that that might you're right might be based on something that you can go all right all right you, you got a point uh that could be really intriguing that these two conflicting ideals are at stake and that's what the real fight is between them love that yeah yeah because it, it it seems like from the voiceover too which i you know i don't don't have memorized on that quote net mm-hmm. it is is about like it's time for a change um yeah. yeah so it seems like he's proactively trying to make something happen uh which mm-hmm. i'm really excited uh, to see what it might be, but uh, big picture, I, I really agree with uh, Chris's perspective that that he is, the character of Balin is coded as from mm-hmm. an older time, and I'm so I so that's why yeah it's uh, mm-hmm. speculation, hopefully responsible, but I like this idea that he is steeped in some other sect of Jedi belief because it would it, it give that same sort of from an older time vibe. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and uh, yeah. Uh, part of the the tragedy of, of the loss of Ray St- Stevenson is, you know, who knows what, where the character ends up and what we have yeah. to move forward. But I can't wait to get figures. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm st- I'm so backed up with other figures uh, that I'm desiring. Uh, but now <laughs> I got to be all excited to, for the uh, the uh, lightsaber to come out and go. Is it orange or is it red? Yeah. In the actual toy. And, uh, and any final? Our, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, we, we, you know, Shin Hati is uh, the other Shin is is uh, the other character, and we you know we're not spending a lot of time with uh, her right now. But uh, uh, excited to see what uh, 
what 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 uh, Ivana Sakno thinks of uh, Balon's uh, thoughts and words and why she's there. Yeah, and, and I have seen the things circulating about their uh, names being tied to uh, wolves in some way, which at this point I just <laughs> expect from from Mister Filoni, and I can't wait to dive more into that in the future. Shock. Shocker, right? <laughs> hey, I put squirrels in almost everything I do. So uh, who am I to judge? Every punchline of mine that has involves a number is 42. So we get you, Dave. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more cues and more A's back in a moment. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
And we are back. We've got a question from Twitter. This comes to us from Victor. Victor says, when I started listening to you, I thought this was your main job. Then with time and following you on social media, I've discovered that you do tons of things. How do you see Force Center from a labor perspective and how important uh, is it for you? Uh, May the Force be with you. Thank you, Victor. We love taking the the deep dive Star Wars questions, but we are also uh, open to the the sort of uh, why we do this. What's under the hood of uh, Force Center questions as well. So thank you for asking that, Victor. Um, Ken, where do you... uh, (laughs) uh, Hmm. This is one of those definitely we're we're having a business meeting suddenly on air. Uh, (laughs) How do you think about this? How do I think about that? Um, yeah, first of all, I lo- I um, I think it's a great question of uh, or a great thought of like, hey, you know, I thought this was your, your main job. Uh, you get that a lot of um, even other things of uh, this isn't what Victor said, but you know, oh, you were on Screen Junkies, so you're a millionaire, right? Like, oh, no, 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 so sorry. Uh, so I love the the reality of our business, but no, this this is um, um, this has become such a big part of my life and always will be. And, 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 uh, it wasn't planned. Right. And I'm talking not in 2015 when we, when we launched this, we weren't like, all right, so nine seasons from now, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, I always say I, I moved to LA for a lot of different reasons. And this, I don't want to get the long winded answer. A lot of different reasons, a lot of different things. And, and, um, this, this digital media thing emerges. Uh, I, I would have never have thought that that's how I would have got out of my day job, the day job I wanted out. So, so badly from so desperately to escape it it was going to be a format that didn't exist when I started the job. Right. Um, talk about long journeys. So uh, it remains important for so many reasons. Uh, it, it's helped change my life. It helps uh, me understand something I love and it helps uh, affect other people's lives. And so always, always be important. That's what I'll start here. That's what I'll, I'll start. I'll leave the table. I'll start there and I'll get back into it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's a, it's very good. And it's good to start there because um, yeah, I didn't start it from a perspective of, Ah, this is a thing that one can do, uh, yeah. You know, as a as a part of one's creative portfolio, um, mm-hmm. and, and as part of one's job. Um, yeah, I came here when by the time I got to LA, I was focusing on stand up and writing and um, mm-hmm. a lot of things. Uh, a, a lot of the secret to success in any sort of artistic endeavor is go near what you want to do and. Uh, bang on pots, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a fun way to say, just make as much noise as possible and see what shakes out. So when, when I got here, I was just, I was trying to meet people, have connections, uh, do things. Um, and I was doing stand up stuff. I was trying to put on my own shows. I was, you know, doing storytelling shows. I was joining writing groups. And one of the many things that I did was, well, uh, I kept falling into people asking me to be on pop culture podcasts because I have a lot of friends who are uh, uh, of the pop culture talking persuasion. Um, and out of all the things I I did, this the talking about Star Wars in particular was the like, there's just no bumps. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I made progress on all the other things, but this was the thing where there's just like, it feels in a Star Wars way that like that this is where the force is going. Like go over there, go over there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you and I have talked about our meeting story, you know, doing Jedi Alliance, um, the show that you hosted being a guest on it. And then, uh, when, when you left, I decided, Hey, I want to do that for a little, a little while. Mm-hmm. Then you asked me about doing force center. We started doing force center. I'm having a, a, a ton of fun. I'm meeting people. It's a great part of, 
of the whole uh, cocktail of what I'm doing. And then it really got to that point of like, well, I think we really could start a, a Patreon. I think we really could get uh, moved to a service that has ads. Um, and, and at that point, it it changed for me um, mm-hmm. from a thing that I love doing and I do out of love and a thing that's, you know, uh, but is also partially like, this is going smooth. This is a, a, a great way to to meet mm-hmm. other people and, and connect with people to at this point for me, I, I look at four center is my amazing, awesome, unbelievable part-time day job. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean any of the negativity that, that comes with, with right, day right, job. Right. I don't mean it in a disparaging way in the slightest. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would, I would do it if it wasn't a yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. the job parts of it that we always talk about of like, yeah, we need, we need to do our homework and we need to, you know, be on time and we have responsibilities to one another and uh, all those things. Um, but that's to me at this point, that's really the way I look at it is uh, I, I want to continue pursuing lots of other artistic uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have other pop culture interests that I, that I like t- to watch and, in talk about not necessarily on a podcast but you know for myself um in a bar or whatever mm. uh but four center is this beautiful solid rewarding thing uh that helps me do all those other things yes yeah, become a base of operations in a lot of ways and and uh uh yeah like what you're saying of like it, it definitely has changed this is uh you know, how I pay some of my bills mm-hmm. <laughs> because of Center. and that changes your, the nature of it, right? That changes your interaction with it. And that, that's, that, that is why I think whether intentional or not, when we started doing, you know, Hey, how was your last couple days and where did Star Wars find you? I, I think there's a little bit of the, of the energy of like, Hey, let's not forget we're, we're fans too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's not forget that this affects us. And, you know, there's days where we're exhausted doing this, all those kind of things. And, and yeah, it, it helps to, to re, be reminded of that. And, and uh, as far as, uh, you know, I, I love what Victor's saying here of like, then I discovered you do tons of things, <laughs> I always do tons of things. And sometimes I worry that um, even with force center, sometimes I worry that, you know, if, if we did this seven days a week, eight hours a day, we, we could, you know, maybe I could finally get a new car and uh, this would be it. And this would be the only thing I do. And that'd be okay. I, that's not me. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and call myself an artist, but I'm a creative person who, um, you know, this is the year I'm writing a book of poetry. This is the year I'm, I've, I've co-written two songs because I've always wanted to do that. And I'm always, and one of my, uh, you know, problems is I've almost tried too much, but I'm never going to stop. And that is now more possible because of Star Wars, because of Force Center. And it just seems right for the little seven-year-old kid that wandered into a theater in San Luis Obispo to watch this space film his friends were talking about. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I I think it is one of the reasons that uh, we work well together and, and have fun doing this uh, because we're so aligned on this. Um, in terms of, of joy and in terms of, you know, attempting to, you know, build an even more stable financial base, uh we we could do this twenty four seven. We could, uh, th- there's limitless expansion of mm-hmm. of Four Center that sounds fun. You know, sometimes yeah. like oh, let's get a studio and let's do a daily show. Um, we could put an endless amount of work into it. And you know, people very kindly ask, "Are you going to do this rewatch? Are you going to cover this book?" And my answer is always, "I absolutely want to." <laughs> um, 
but I do need the, the room in my life for other things. That's just always been uh, who I am. I think I have probably even like you're saying, I've probably tried to do too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I get, I get restless and mm-hmm. I, and I want to do uh, more things. I'm really trying to have a focus on choosing what I want to do. Uh, like this summer, I'm, I'm skipping a convention that I've done for years that I always do a stand-up show for like, but if I want to make that short film, I need to choose one, mm-hmm. um, which is a really hard thing for me. And I have not been great at doing it, which brings me back to four center. Part of the reason is like, this is my beautiful part-time day job is because then I make time for it. And I go, mm-hmm. these are, these are the times in my life that I'm focusing on it. And when I'm focusing on four center, it has 1000% uh, of my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it slots in this way. And then I have this amount of time to do the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And it has uh, 100%, occasionally 99%. I'm easily distracted by the things holding in my hands. So sometimes I got to put them down. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I agree with you there. And, and and not that this was the question from Victor, um, but you and I uh, over the years uh, have gotten the, the question. There's a lot of people that, that uh, listen to us, a lot of people we know who have their own wonderful podcasts. And the question mm-hmm. of how do we, uh, you know, I'll say get to your level, but uh, meaning only like, yeah, we, we, we can pay some bills from this. Uh, we are one of, even though we are signed with ACAST in, in, in a sense, because they host our podcast and we get ads, we're, we're one of the last big independent podcasts um, in terms of the Star Wars world, right? There's some other, and, and uh, you know, other Alex and Molly have their own wonderful YouTube channel, you know, but there's a lot of people who have our big part of bigger networks or have uh, bigger capital. We're one of the last two. And, and I get the question a lot. Uh, and, and you and I are explaining, I think, why it works. Um, we love Star Wars. Uh, we are other things first before we are Star Wars pod- podcasters. Um, just in terms of life, humans, you know, what we bring to it. Um, and then I think if you, if you want to, you know, seven days a week, like you said, but if, um, you know, here, here's an odd example. You know, I, I, this comes up uh, with, the, with the great critical role D&D brand and channel out there, Matt Mercer, Mercer, all those people, you know, uh, I, I've had people come to me cause I, I knew them and still know them. And, and, and a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to be, I want to be like, uh, I want to be like Matt Mercer. I want to be a professional D and D player. And, uh, the answer, my friend Joe Starr says this, well, the answer is he's not a professional D and D player. He's an actor. He's a voice actor. He's put years into this. That's just where his passions go and where it led. So you got to follow your own path. You can't just do his path. You can't just do the force center. But you can, your, your your podcast has to be your own thing. But it's almost second to who you are. Build who you are first, um, and and then then from there, it will all kind of flow. Mm, yeah. No. And I I think that's a it's always I think a, a great way to uh, strive for anything is like what do I love and what is the best way for me to express it. Um, mm-hmm. I think always. Uh, a, a great way to do it because you uh, you want to be uh, happy <laughs> while you're pursuing things. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it can't just all be about the goal. It's got to be uh, trying to enjoy the journey as well. Um, yeah, I sometimes uh, I love I love Four Center and I always want uh, Four Center to to keep going. Um, there's this part of me, and I just want to ask uh, you, Ken. This isn't about Four Center. This is more about the other side of like always wanting to do things like you're talking about, you're writing poetry, you're writing, you're writing songs. Uh, whenever I have the luck to talk to somebody who's led a really solid uh, financial life and they're retiring, mm. I'm, I'm always 
uh, asking them, so what are you going to do? <laughs> but, uh, and sometimes people have an answer and other times they're like, I don't know. I'm just going to relax. It's going to not work. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just wired to the point for me. That's like so foreign of like, <laughs> if I retired, if I somehow didn't need money, yeah. all I can think about is like, well, maybe I'd paint. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. I'd go back to doing theater. Maybe I'd learn to play the drums again at 87 or whenever I'll be able mm-hmm. to retire. Uh, I think that is just so baked into me. Like when I think of not having to work, the first thing that comes to my mind is here's all these creative things I could work on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, I, I just, I wanted to share that cause I think it, it, it is a visceral way to describe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am proud and happy to be a star Wars podcaster, but there's a part of me that just will, will wither and go away unless it's constantly tinkering and, and making on other creative projects. Yeah. Can you picture yourself retiring or re- retirement for you would be like, great. I'm going to go back to being a full-time radio DJ. Yeah, no, um, I'll say this. I have, I do enjoy doing nothing, right? Like I I just spent, I had to go to Catalina Island for a wedding, right? I had three of the most relaxing hours on the Sunday of the wedding where I just read a book about music in 1971 with the ocean breeze. But beyond just relaxing, that that sounds great for, unless you don't like music history, but um, that sounds great, right? It's a good, lazy Sunday afternoon. But I I could do that every day. But um, (laughs) I get itchy. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I don't think I'll ever be able to stop. And you and I even sometimes have joked that you know we are, uh, we are, we are sometimes not not work first over life, but work do not stopping is sometimes some sometimes you want to stop. <laughs> maybe maybe cool. it's healthy to stop. Um, but that's why I can't stop anything. I get an idea. I've been told before. Well, you know, you should focus your brand or focus your career cut some things out. And every now and then, right now I'm in a, not a cutting out period, but a, I need to stop some of the things I'm doing that take a lot of energy that don't maybe have financial returns, don't maybe have professional returns uh, and, and focus on some things that are. Force Center being one of them. There's an increased uh, 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 focus on Force Center for you and I and Jennifer with YouTube and Patreon expanding that because we want to make sure we don't lose momentum and build what we have. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, retire that's when I'll learn to paint. You're, you're right. You know, <laughs> I tried to learn guitar at 20. It didn't, didn't go well. Um, but maybe that's when I'm going, uh, going to, going to try it. Yeah. So I'm with well, you. We can, we can start our, our rock band together. If you want to go back to guitar, we can start our, our late eighties, uh, rock band and, and still call it four center. <laughs> Why not? Still got four center. Yeah. But anyway. we've added a little something to the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a little tune. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, thank you, Victor, uh, for, for the great, question um i i think ken and i have said a lot about uh kind of the 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 emotions behind force center uh how it slots into our life but i think a a a big thing that we've mentioned a plenty is uh victor asked how how important is it for you uh it's important in paying bills uh but it is also important uh for for my soul and i think you feel the same way ken that um talking about all the ideas behind star wars uh, has helped me handle life better. So Force Center is a gift from that perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. It is and important to the end. Yep. Thank you so much, uh, Victor, for the great question. We are going to wrap up with a Power of the Light Side segment. This is a submission we request from patrons. If you would like to uh, to share a Power of the Light Side, which is just 
any memory, any story, any incident about how Star Wars has affected your life positively. It could be, if you want, it can just be a favorite scene. That's fine, too. Uh, you can scroll down the posts page of our Patreon and uh, find the picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi smiling at the Skywalker mm-hmm. twins. Uh, we have an entry today uh, from Wispy Woods. We also kind of have to share, uh, have a kind of a, a fun now almost meta conversation going on <laughs> with uh, with people who post these of uh, I think I've posted like, you know, uh, the the request for submission asks for like, yeah, a paragraph two or three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're getting to the point where people are like other people are writing more. I'm going to write more. Yeah. Uh, so we encourage that. We've also now have the running thing of you do not need to uh, to say nice things about the podcast. You can just share share your thing. And so sometimes people are like, I don't care. I want to share something nice anyway. So yeah, yeah. here we go. We got an essay from Wispy Woods. Mm-hmm. Wispy says, hey, Four Center, I'm a newer listener to your podcast. Found you at the start of this year and have thoroughly enjoyed your content ever since. Thank you all for making and maintaining this podcast. I think that my Star Wars journey is quite interesting. I am 25 now and watched the movies for the first time in 2014, starting with episode one. Because how was I supposed to know episode four was first? How? However, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However, for this, sorry for the essay, I mean Power of the Light Side submission, I instead want to highlight how Star Wars brought me closer to my personal Leia, my mother. But first, some Doctor Who, just for you, Joseph. Although my mom and I were always close, we never had any shared interests in terms of entertainment. As I was gearing up for season 13 of Doctor Who, my mom decided to start watching modern Doctor Who. She had seen the enthusiasm with which I spoke of the show and was curious. I let her watch most of the show on her own as I was in the middle of my first ever Clone Wars and Rebel viewings, only really watching a few episodes here and there together on her journey, and she absolutely loved it. So much so, she started watching classic Doctor Who way before me and is on Mm. season 18 already. Wow. Very important season of classic Doctor Who. Uh, Seeing how much she enjoyed Doctor Who, I asked her on a whim if she would like to watch Star Wars one weekend last year. She agreed, and to my pleasant surprise, she got absolutely hooked. We watched through the trilogies in release order, then the standalone films, and then had a wild journey with the shows, watching them completely out of order. Here's a list of the order for those interested. Kenobi, Mando Season 1 and 2, Book of Boba Fett, Andor, Rebels, Clone Wars, Tales of the Jedi, Mando Season 3, and are now currently on Bad Batch Season 2. It's been a blast to have someone with whom I can share what I love, but I've also enjoyed seeing her reactions and first impressions to things that seem so commonplace now, as well as hearing the connections and associations she makes that never crossed my mind because her journey is so unique. For example, I remember crying when Obi-Wan died in New Hope and then gasping in horror when Darth Vader revealed himself as Luke's father in Empire. Mm. I still can't believe I got to be in a room with someone who didn't know that fact. Mm. Or when we were watching Rebels, she was wondering if Luthen had a hand in any of this, as well as if he knew Ahsoka was fulcrum and was absolutely ecstatic when Mothma appeared. We watch the shows together. We laugh together. We cry together. We always discuss an episode after watching it, and it's been fascinating to see her dive into the themes and ideas. I've never seen this side of her, and it's been great to engage with her in these ways. Star Wars has made us spend more time together, and I could never fully explain how grateful I am for this opportunity and what it has done for us. We're looking forward to Ahsoka in August and definitely plan to watch Visions Volumes 1 and 2 as well as Young Jedi Adventures. We're also looking forward to the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who specials coming out later this year. Eventually, though, we're going to run out of new Star Wars content to watch. So to bring it back full circle, 
we decided that when that happens, we'll rewatch Modern Doctor Who together. I can't wait. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I'm going to restrain myself on my Doctor Who thoughts. Ken, what are your thoughts, reactions to this entry? I love it. I, the, first of all, the the um, over the years, I've heard the we even discussed on the show of uh, oh Vader's turn or Anakin's turn of the dark side. People didn't necessarily see that coming or, or didn't want it, and and that, that was a horrible horrible moment for them because they were watching one, two, three, four, five, six, or uh, you know uh, Anakin's uh, redemption having a little bit more because of watch. I have never really spent time with the Obi Wan dying in New Hope being the end of a journey of a character mm. you met in episode one and went through the Clone Wars with. Uh, I understand it intellectually, but I've never focused on it. That is, um, that is again, tragic. <laughs> like we've been, beautiful tragedy. Um, that's so, that's so wonderful to hear though. I love that version of, of, of the story of connecting it with that way of Obi-Wan died. That guy with the, the Padawan, Qui-Gon's Padawan died. <laughs> the guy who yeah. mentored Anakin, like that, that, I, that is, I love that tale. We've talked so much about um, the the Han moments in The Force Awakens, you know, mm-hmm. that a lot of us were like, yeah, it, it makes sense. He's he's probably going to pass and uh, totally, totally forgetting that while I was watching The Force Awakens. And the minute he steps out on that bridge to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> confront Kylo, like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. To imagine being able to watch A New Hope and when Obi-Wan's like, I'll go take care of this tractor beam myself. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> he's splitting off from the main group. He's not going to make it, is he? Is, <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful gift. A beautiful yeah. gift. Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, the, the family connection. And uh, uh, this is, I, I don't have this part of Star Wars. My, my mom uh, helped introduce me to Star Wars uh, just because it was the thing to do at the time. But uh, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. My dad watched later on, but he just likes movies in general, nothing specific. So I, I love hearing this, uh, that you get to experience this with your mom. Yeah. I, 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 it, it, the sitting down and watching it all and, and having a, a parent as like a true discussion partner is not something that I've experienced, not something that I'm probably going to experience. Uh, the closest thing for me, which has been really nice, is that um, m- my dad uh, knows all about the podcast. I, I'm not sure if he knows how to listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he'd probably, if he listened, he'd probably be like, uh, I understood when you guys said hello. And then after that, I got lost is probably mm-hmm. what his review of the podcast would be. But he understands that it's a big part of my life. And he understands how powerfully Star Wars affects people. Uh, so when he encounters people who like Star Wars, he'll tell them like, well, my son, he liked that when he was a kid. And now he's got a podcast about it. He does it with his friends. Um, and he'll he'll report to me. It's very funny because he'll report without any details, like a fill in the blank version of a conversation he had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I was talking to this young, young kid at work and he had a Star Wars T-shirt. And so I told him about your podcast and. Uh, this kid told me like it, it, that it's real important when you start watching Star Wars because it, it, it uh, helps mm-hmm. you uh, you know love different parts of it, but you got to be open to loving all parts of it. And and he's like, and my dad was like, he told me which part he started with. Uh, I don't know what he was saying, know. but <laughs> so he gets like the entire spirit of it, uh, yeah. but none of the details. And that that's the way I get to bond with uh, with my parent about Star Wars. Yeah, that's great. But mom's very. I don't, she knows I do a podcast. She listens to some of the other ones. She listens to the Star Wars ones, but she's very, you know, very, very, uh, and someone in the wild mentioned Star Wars. She does say, oh, my son talks Star Wars. So, okay. <laughs> That's nice. That's very nice. And mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, Wispy Woods. I'm so excited. 
uh, for the relaunch of Doctor Who, the 60th anniversary specials. Uh, Russell T. Davies did such a great job of bringing it back, reintroducing Doctor Who to a new generation way back in 2005. And I'm so excited to see that happen again, to see something that is a a celebration and in evolution. I think Doctor Who and Star Wars are, are very different, but they share so much. And I think that that spirit of this is all connected and the past matters and the legacy matters, mm-hmm. but we always got to be moving forward and evolving. And it's a generational tale in some ways, uh, Dr. Who the generations are the doctor themselves, mm-hmm. uh, regenerating, but I think it shares so much of that. And it's beautiful to be able to share a, a generational tale like star Wars or Dr. Who, uh, with an actual generational audience of a, of a mother. So thank you so much uh, for sharing this uh, submission and this essay. Uh, that is our Power of the Light side. Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us? Yes, for those like Wispy Woods who are uh, recently uh, you know, jumping on the Four Center train, welcome aboard. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcast is available on a lot of different spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and tune in just search. You'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash four center and patreon.com slash four center is where you can support us directly from there. Get into our discord server uh, where you can uh, discuss Star Wars and just hang out with four center friends. And uh, you can follow me if you want at Ken Napsuck or Ken Napsuck.com for uh, all the things I do. Again, all the things I do. <laughs> where can I follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. My handle is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still on Twitter. Uh, always enjoying uh, Instagram. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on Blue Sky now as well. Uh, TikTok, I'll get back to not unboxing some figures. So if you're interested, find me at Joseph Scrimshaw. All those places. Uh, and uh, as we're releasing this, there's just a little bit of time left in the uh, Kickstarter for the short film project I'm doing. Speaking of doing other things, that's for a short horror film called The Nightmare Adorable. If you're interested, you can go to Kickstarter and just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the mysteries of Balon, this has been Cues of the Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.